So first we got to we've got to start out. We have to we have to uh, we'll talk about these later on, but we have to take our medicine here. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, we'll talk about this, but yeah, we're gonna we're all gonna take some sleeping pills here. We're all gonna take the whole bottle. <laughs> you probably need them more than us. It's kind of crunchy. Take some sleeping pills if I can get this out. All right. This is the exciting part. <laughs> and we'll put the bottles up here in case anyone wants to read the warnings and stuff on them. Flyers? Anybody? No, I'm good. All right. What's that? No, these, no, these sleeping pills we'll are... We'll talk about it later. Yeah. It's not going to be a problem. Uh, That's about uh, yeah, 80 there. Yeah, you take that many sleeping pills driving problem. <laughs> 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 well, okay, so, Katie, I'm a big guy. <laughs> so, but the first thing we actually want to start talking about, have you guys seen the power balance bracelets? No, no, they're for uh, athletic types, but uh, they um, they they work on a um, on a uh, something that's called applied kinesiology. Has anybody heard of applied kinesiology? So what I, I'd actually like to start off by doing a demonstration of applied kinesiology. If I can get a volunteer, come on, anybody? come on, anyone, come on up. So here's what we're gonna do. What I want you to stand on. If anybody wants to take a look at the documentation so, on the product we're testing, right, I've got so, it here. So we have a product that we're testing. Why don't you tell them about our product okay. that we're testing? All right, this is uh, the Coba Magnum Yukon Cobalt Vitality Pen. It's by uh, Body Harmonic Sciences Limited, and uh, it's it's got a lot of information in here on how they uh, extract Yukon cobalt as opposed to how it's extracted in South Africa and Russia. But uh, what the pennant is supposed to do, they say that their people who try this start reporting increased strength, improved balance, heightened endurance, and enhanced libido and potency. Ooh. So we're going to test it and see if we can get it. All right. I'd say he did a better job. I had to use two hands over that. That's pretty impressive. But what they're doing is not so. We see a lot of the power balance and a lot of things um, going on. And I, I have from the power balance site what they said that they're actually supposed to be doing. So it says, how does it work? You can go ahead and open up that box if yeah, you want. You know. Yeah, see there's what... Yeah, there's actually something in it. Yeah, so... See, the power balance is based on the idea of optimizing the body's natural energy flow. That's how it works. The idea of optimizing the body's natural... So let me show you an actual demonstration. And some people do that without even knowing doing it. So let's go ahead and do it. What I'm going to do is, what I'm going to do is first let's push out slightly, and that's an off balance. It doesn't have to be much, very subtle. But if you want, when you want them to balance, push in towards the body. You're pushing in toward the balancing leg. So it's fine with a lot more force because I'm pushing in. I feel Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because, because I'm pushing in towards the center balance. That's all that these items are doing. Now, because they're only based on the idea of optimizing the body's neck. This uh, high-quality vitality pen, which I'll go ahead and hold up and show you. Yukon cobalt and uh, depleted magnesium. Depleted magnesium. <laughs> <laughs> depleted magnesium. Depleted yes. magnesium. This is five minutes of work with glass bead, wire, and these babies right here. And this rather magnificent uh, pack of lies is my wife's fiction right here. And essentially, we wanted to mock up something to show how easily you can come up with something that sounds sciencey. Uh, 
because this works on the scientifically proven quantum rebound field that deflects negative energies and maintains positive vibration. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple of issues <laughs> with testing these types of products. Number one, you can never be absolutely certain that from one test to another that the person is applying the same amount of force. Um, you know, or in the same manner, like we just showed. You know, playing right. one way or another affects the balance. And you know, you're, you're showing people how it works. That there are tri other tricks like that. that right. But could you tell what I was doing the first time that I did it? See, it's very subtle. I mean, it's it and it's it's such a simple thing to do that as a person being the test being done to you, you can't even tell that 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 this is being perpetrated. That what's going on? Did you have a question? So if you just made up that product for it, is anyone besides you fraudulent? Yes. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. In fact, um, we actually yeah. took the idea from doing this yeah. off of uh, somebody else's demonstration where they made up a ceramic pendant. They drew words out of a hat to name the ceramic pendant, <laughs> and it turned out to be something like the quantum harmonic, -y, harmonic energy pendant. My point is, are right. you debunking an actual fraudulent Yes. yes. Oh, sorry, not yeah. actual. Are you debunking a fraudulent product that's actually been sold? Either, no. are these, these products are actually being sold and have been We're not debunked. This product here is not an actual product but, being debunked. But what We're I just, showing how the fraud the, gets perpetrated. The power balance bracelet yeah, power balance. is an actual product that is being being sold, and they, they're selling it based on you know um, athletes. They're saying you know because all these athletes are, are using them, so it's you know to, to give them the edge to do better. But I mean, if it was true, what would be the difference between the, this type of an item and a performance enhancing drug? One's banned and the other isn't. <laughs> well, exactly. That's, yeah. That would be the only. But thing. in truth, the, the, but, the balance balance is a hoax. That, that's you know it does well, nothing for them. Well, there's we no, haven't we haven't seen. No evidence. scientific yeah. proof that right. the power balance bracelet or the iRenew bracelet do anything whatsoever or are anything other than a moderately attractive piece of jewelry. They haven't shown any data to show that it actually And like I say, it's hard to test them anyway because how do you know you're doing the same test? Another thing about the applied kinesiology is it is actually used in some places for diagnostic purposes. Um, for some for some diagnostic purposes that are good and valid and for some di diagnostic purposes that are easily easily bunked up essentially um chiropractors another, are using another it a way lot, of referring to it is the muscle memory or not not muscle memory manual muscle test and doctors will use this where they're checking circulation and coordination from hand to hand to check for signs of stroke or signs of cardiac but the nutritionists will test this as put an item that they think you're allergic to on your tongue, and they'll test to see if your muscle tension will change. And there's really no scientific way to say that you're measuring the same force each time, or even that the idea that you might be allergic to something, that it might make your muscles weaker, might not make you think weaker and do something different with muscle. And there's several other types of kinesiology. There's the applied, there's healing kinesiology, and they have they give them different names. And there, there were some other ones. And Perhaps, you know, the, the balance braces aren't that harmful, but in California, um, there were several chiropractors that were um, doing kinesiology adjustment on um, on people with, um, that were, what, what? <laughs> I can't yeah. they, they were retarded or, or different different types different of illnesses, developmentally challenged in some way, and they were actually doing things where they would take their thumbs and press very hard on the roof of these kids' mouths and uh, try to adjust their eyeballs. Fortunately, in that case, those, those chiropractors were sued, and they and they had to pay fines what they did. But that, that that's the harm in some of these kinesiology. Any more questions about that? Good. Okay. Oh, in terms of yes. twelve, I don't know. It's still misleading. 
you know, debunk an actual product sort of demonstration. Okay, you know what, and, and that makes sense. To make up something and then show it's fake. Well, we just it's sort of, of course yeah. it's fake. You just made okay, it up. of course. Debunk okay. something that's actually okay. being sold and show that's fake, and you've actually shown something. You know, that's an excellent point. Yeah, it is a, good, it is okay. a very good point. Um, we tried to get some actual products in time for the demonstration, but... They didn't have time. They, they, they are coming. I, no, that's, I had that's to the pay other thing. For They're them. expensive. Yeah. That, that's, you know, these, how much are the... They're $30 down? for a power balance race. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's one of the jokes. There's not any money in skepticism. It's all in the stuff that we look at and debunk. Uh, let me just yeah. throw out one other point here. My wife that uh, My wife that I said made this up, she actually used to work for a gentleman who would take a... Basically six dollars worth of parts and assemble a piece of jewelry that he'd sell for a hundred and nineteen dollars because it was a blessed amulet. And she's like, you know, can I help you with this? I used to do this for a living. Like, yeah, you did, didn't you? <laughs> so you said another question back. Oh yes, uh, well, still a silly question. Since you came up with this, is it possible the hucksters themselves are skeptics? It's entirely possible. You know what? <laughs> I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to say. All I can, all I know for sure is that I haven't seen any evidence that their product works any better than our product. Um, and, you know, realistically, I'm not trying to debunk a particular product. I just want to bring attention to the to the, yeah, to the tricks and stuff that might be being used to sell some balance enhancing. Because a lot of, especially younger children, I put the children's side to think, you see something like that, you're like, oh, but they put something in his hand and he didn't fall over. That That's something I can see. That's a, a result. And you're not going, well, wait, what's the difference? You know, why is it different? If you're not asking more questions, you're just accepting what you see. One of my coworkers talking about how he was going to buy the custom orthotics. They said feet store and whatever that store is called. But he was going to buy the custom orthotics in there. And then the guy did the balance test on. He said, "Okay, I'm out of here." <laughs> he said, "He said it seemed so hokey to him that." His balance would change so drastically that he'd stop trusting. It's, so. just, it's something to be aware of. No, you know, no matter what item happens. So, who here lives in the city and city and county of Denver? Um, are you guys familiar with Initiative 300? Sorry? Initiative 300. Oh. Yes. yes it is. UFO Commission <laughs> 1. Uh, okay, those who don't live in Denver, anyone familiar with you, what's going on with that? Okay, right now there is a group in Denver who is pushing the extra, uh, the creation of an extraterrestrial affairs commission. It is called Initiative 300. I'm going to read to you the first part of what this is saying because there's a level of insult to the first part. Okay, if this passes, this is how it reads. The people of the city and county of Denver hereby declare that the presence of extraterrestrial intelligent beings and extraterrestrial vehicles on Earth and within Earth's atmosphere have been confirmed by credible evidence, official government documents, and whistleblowers formerly working for the U.S. government and government contractors. That's what this, if this passes, that's what this announcement has said, is that the people of Denver are saying this is all true. <laughs> uh, and that word alone, I just, it's like, okay. But you go more into it. Now, what they're going to do is create a group of seven experts on this. That great That's question. A good question. Um, basically, you've got to see a, you've got to see a UFO or an alien, which which there is some history here. Um, that this is being um, presented by um, Jeff Peckman, who has uh, been saying for a long time that Stan Romanak, and he's the one who's actually seen the alien. He has an alien video you can find on site. That basically, you know, it shows uh, something fuzzy. In 
is an alien. I I don't suspect it is, but it was something fuzzy in okay. the window, and he had set up a camera to catch it. So so Stan, and Stan Romanek has uh, he's always seen aliens. Oh. There's not an alien far behind. Okay, so here's the expert stuff. They they listed. Okay, within the seven people, there'll be one expert in witness testimony from people who have previously had top secret security clearance. So it's a witness of having talked to people who made these claims. That's the expert. Second. Yes. Exactly. Third hand, really. You know, I've talked to these people of their, you know, it's like, that's your expertise. Such experts must have written at least one book or three scholarly articles focusing on whistleblowing testimony and five years work experience with an organization specializing in whistleblowing testimony. Oh, wait a minute. Focusing on whistleblowing testimony or focusing on whistleblowing testimony about aliens? I just guess. Whistleblowing it, testimony it, in general? Yeah, that's what it just says. It doesn't. A medical doctor who is published, who is a published author with expertise on the UFO extraterrestrial topic, one expert with at least five years experience in investigating the UFO extraterrestrial encounters, one expert with a certificate or diploma in exopolitics who works with a UFO exopolitical organization, one expert who has consulted on at least 100 people regarding their alleged close encounters with extraterrestrial beings. What university accredits that? I... <laughs> Sounds like they have seven people in mind. Yes, very much. <laughs> I, I have a feeling there's a very limited scope as to who could qualify for this stuff. Ian, pass me a pitcher of water, because I'm finding this a little hard to swallow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what it, what will be is the mayor will select these seven people. The organization itself supposedly will run off of grants and donations and such. And that's one of the things they're trying to say, oh, it won't cost you anything. But the interesting thing is I found some interesting hidden costs. Besides the fact that the mayor has to be involved, that they will um, take part in city council meetings and stuff, there's a whole area. Right. They actually, so they have to set up a panel every year of of seven, I guess, experts. Yes. Seven to, to, to convene and to look over the evidence. And the state is, suppo- is supposed to cooperate and provide the evidence. Does anybody think that if this thing, you know, through some unholy force actually has it, the mayor will actually go to it? Yes. Well, he legitimately would have to. But also, he legitimately would have to. That, that's one of the things. If this passes, he's stuck having to do it. That's um, true. If this passes the thing, though, these guys can suit nobody care. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, grants go. and yeah, donations is not the way to fund this organization. It's got to be funded legitimately through metered saucer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now here's one of the biggest hidden costs in there. And it says, relation to the city departments and agencies. Departments, officers, and agencies of the city and county of Denver that are responsible for administrating the systems and related services shall, shall cooperate with the Extraterrestrial Affairs Commission to support the purpose of their visit. That gives them a door into the, the public service. kind of gives them, you know, it kind of says that if one of these people shows up on the scene, the cops have got to kind of follow their lead. Well, the other mm, thing here it? is that... To some degree, yeah. So so even though they, they have to be funded through donations, there's a lot of hidden costs here. I mean, there's quite a bit of money just to put the to put this initiative on the ballot. You know, that costs money. So, But they're not talking about any of those costs. They're talking about, you know, the upfront costs to, to fund the actual committee, not the not the resources of the, of the rest of the, the city of Denver. And basically, if you read through it, this doesn't give them any direct powers or authority to do anything they can't already do. But it gives them more legitimacy. It gives them um, city resources. They can put this stuff up on the city website. You know, and, and that's the main door they're trying to open. Because 
all they can do is give advice on how to deal with aliens. That, that's what in the end it gives. And they can do that without them. They but, want to become officials. So right. They can make a lot of money. Right. And so right. that, that's one of the big things on this. It is really, you know, I, I think everyone here agrees it's pretty ridiculous. But th they're pushing for it. They're pushing for it. And it doesn't look like they'll get it, which, you know, if they do, I, it, but, it'd be scary on how, yeah, yeah. It's on the ballot. Jeff Peckman is getting a lot it, of press from it. Yeah, it's probably worth it to their yeah. values just to be on the ballot. I think it is. I think well, I mean they brought see. some attention to their cause at least, but we'll see what go, yeah. what happened from there. But so, so so those of you who live in Denver, if you know people that live in Denver, mention this site. Please vote against it. This is ridiculous. We don't want to make Denver a laughing stock by or just read the initiative and use your judgment. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and if this passes here, there's already people in New York that are looking to pass the same kind of. Well, they've already got him. Yeah, they mole. Yeah, so yeah, so there are other people watching this to see how this goes in Denver, and then we may see more of them start to crop up from there if the pass. We might see him anyway, but it would add legitimacy cause if it did. Any more questions about Mister Three Hundred? Okay, just. <laughs> the, uh, the chartreuse zone are for saucer parking it, only. It, but it, it is amazing what's out there, what people try to do. It's so. <laughs> so at, at the start of our podcast, we uh, all, all of us here took some caffeine cruda, which is a homeopathic sleeping pill. And we, we took the whole bottle, we which is well beyond bottle. the recommended the dose. Right, yeah. So the recommended obviously, dose is. Five pills three times a day. So obviously we've all passed out and are unconscious, as you can tell. <laughs> so so what this is is a homeopathic sleeping remedy. Uh, the homeopathic system uh, is about 200 years old. It was uh, Samuel Hahnemann invented it back in the 1800s. <clears throat> At the time, he was legitimately worried about some of the um, medical practices going on, bloodletting, um, treating uh, syphilis with mercury and you know lead and different things like that. So he was not happy with the current... Um, medicine that was going on, so he invented his own system. And he had a couple of, um, of laws in which he created. And one was uh, the law of similar, which the idea is that like cures like. So if you have a disease, such as you can't sleep, you would treat that with something that would keep you awake because you're, because you're being kept awake. Now, if you look and at the... These are caffeine pills. Yes, these are... Yes. Caffeine these are, and sugar. And, but they would be caffeine. cruda right. is what the active ingredient is in the... So the second law that he came up with was the law of infinitesimal. And what the law of infinitesimal says is that as you dilute something, it becomes more potent. <laughs> and he invented the original, his original system was one drop of your substance to 99 drops of water. And then you would take it and you would shake it and you would infuse that in the water. Because wa would, water has a memory. Yes, the water can keep a memory of the <laughs> substance that it's that you've diluted in it. And then you take a drop of that and you put that drop into another drop of 99 drop water. And you would continue to do that. Now this one has been done six times. So that's quite a few dilutions. So if you would imagine, if you would take food coloring, put a drop, and take a drop of that, and another, eventually you would have no no pigment left, but the water would still have the memory that it was red. Who here feels comfortable with the idea of water having memory? Because I, I think we all know the you know cycle of water. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing that always pops in my head when we start talking about this is, would anyone want to touch water if they knew it had a memory like this? Well, yeah, they actually I was it. drinking this. <laughs> so, Avogadro's law says yeah. that you can, you can, oh, I'm sorry. So it's, 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 
Yes. Yeah, this particular one is. And but of course, if, um, I tried to get the 30C ones, but they were out because I wanted something stronger. <laughs> well, the 30C ones actually couldn't exist because a 30C dilution would actually be one molecule of something in a container of water larger. Than <laughs> is it already detected? I mean, that's. If this was, I'm a, not feeling yeah, wired. If that's. If, what you're <laughs> if this was a 30C dilution. You would have better odds of winning the lottery five days in a row than you would of finding one molecule of caffeine. Even at a six at a six dilution, I think that we'd have to eat it's it's an ungodly number of pills to get one molecule of caffeine. So the odds that any one of these four bottles had a molecule of caffeine in them are very low. Yes, it's it's exactly <laughs> the and the, the law caffeine. of similars that makes it work. You're not supposed to be. But large. still, there, there are th bottles of this size of homeopathic medicine that cost like thirty bucks a thing, and all they really are is sugar pills. Well, uh, so given that homeopaths are reality, <laughs> you trust them to have picked their issue. Not really. Well, the other problem is, is that as I'm diluting this, there's stuff in the air. I'm breathing. How is the water to know which what is supposed to be getting the memory of? Oh, I'm not getting. My, my, my question was: so you just swallowed a whole vial of pills? So how, how do we know it's supposed to take five? But you, you wait. But what were you asking? weren't overdoing it that much. Okay, I was just wondering. Maybe not. Can you count on those pills not having something that I don't know might might upset your stomach? It, since well, they obviously don't know chemistry. Well, they can trust well, them to. Yeah. These are these are basically lactose and sucrose. Yeah, they, and they, they yeah, say that. Could there be impurities in there? Yeah, I guess you know probably there is. In well, fact, you know you're talking about something upsetting your stomach when you're lactose intolerant. <laughs> yeah. But there's not really much to this. It's just sugar and well. Now, here's an interesting is that um, back in yeah the, in the 1930s we had a senator who was a homeopath who basically <laughs> got homeopathy homeopathy <laughs> products under the FDA and so there was a time when the the FDA did actually you know there was regulate. yeah regulate well they never really regulated homeopathy um, and but currently they 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 stopped saying anything about homeopathy back in the 1970s so as it stands right now the FDA does not say that homeopathic products are safe effective. Um, the, none of no products had those labels. Some did have those labels, but they were revoked. Now we differentiate homeopathy from herbal or traditional remedies because there is actually some effect. Um, there are a lot of there's actually ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whether whether they do what they say they're supposed to do is another question entirely. Is it only water? What about the streams of all kinds? Of well, that's what I was kind of saying. Is that as you dilute it, how does it know what to, what to keep? And then there's going to be impurities, most likely in the lactose sucrose that you pill that, that they drop water on. But they drop water. They don't actually mix. The no, it's not mixing. They no. just put a drop. So all that, all that diluting. <laughs> then we only take. We put only just a drop onto onto our pill. Now the fun part of the evening is we say homeopathy about two two or three more times, and the veins start standing out on his forehead. Can we go have another question in the back? <laughs> some, yeah, well, some remedies just are, are, are just basically, you know, you can get liquid remedies too, but they're not as crunchy. <laughs> it's funny, though, that if they had done a scientific test, compared his treatment with some of the other treatment back then, this probably would have won. Well, <laughs> that, well you, you think about it. Well, but that's the thing is science does change, but at the time, it was it was far safer than lead or mercury. So, yeah, so, but one of, they, they always, with this kind of thing, you know, you hear Chinese medicine, you know, because it's a, th a thousand years old. What, they couldn't have got it wrong a thousand years ago? <laughs> the, the beauty of science is that as we find that things are wrong, 
wrong, and we do all the time, we correct those things and we move on. These kinds of these kinds of treatments don't change. They're the same thing for 200 years. It's the same principle. We have a, we have a lot of science, and uh, these things have been tested in good double-blind placebo tests. They are placebo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Now we we do agree with placebos for treatment of certain illness. Um, we believe in. Uh, I lost the word. <laughs> yeah, I lost the word. Hypochondria. Hypochondria yeah. can yes, be treated yeah. by placebo, <laughs> <laughs> particularly the psychosomatic variety. But. Uh, <laughs> and that's not to say that, you know, I mean, that, that big pharma doesn't have their problem, because they certainly do. Above and beyond what the placebo effect, but I've read lots of thought um, 20, 20 years Yeah, but I've read things that actually say that in some areas they think it's far less. So I think that they still do not have it down exactly, but they, they measure it at about 30%. So if they can't show an effect that's greater than 30% placebo. So, so any more questions about homeopathy? So we'll put on our on our website amateurskeptics.com. We'll we'll have when we put this episode up, we'll have links to um, all of the materials and everything used to put all of this together as well. So we'll have all of our reference there. Right now, um, at least a video webcast with Randy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Randy does um, the same thing. Yeah, um, James Randy, who who is you know the originator. I think he's the originator yeah, of, this, so. of this trick, taking all the homeopathy. And you know, he's, he's been doing that for a long time. Yeah. That's, so that's where we got there's that. another thing. You know, it's not original with us. We've, we've seen it done, and with like that's, but still a perfect example to show just how you know absurd this is. You know, it's an effective demonstration. Yeah, we we took a whole thing of these, and that's what about eighty pills you said. 80 pills, Eight. right. When the recommended dosage is 5, yeah, I, if this even came close to working, like I said, all three, four of us should be out cold right now. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> we have any more sections, Brian? Or? No, I think that's Basically, we've, I, we've I'd like to yeah, open up to in general. You know, what we've done. It, you know, good. What's the name of the – how does somebody get – Podcast. How does somebody? Oh well, if they go to amateurskeptics.com, they can download the podcast from there. They can also subscribe to our RSS feed. We're also on iTunes, and we have a Facebook page as well. Sir, getting the results. You know, and this is a yeah, this is a big problem. And we've also had. I mean, look what happened with Vioxx. I mean, this was unfortunate, and and it's a drug that I would argue should probably still be on the market. Um, it, it did have some side effects that they tried to bury. Um, and, and they actually, the researcher that uncovered those particular issues, they, they destroyed his career. And, and yet he was eventually, you know, found to be correct um, in that particular one. So, so there are, so we do have issues with, you know, drug companies. And somebody's got to fund these trials. And they're the ones with the money to do it. So most of these trials are funded by the, you know, by big pharma. We actually have a section coming up on our next podcast about branding diseases and selling the cure, which should be pretty interesting. I don't remember the exact source, but the article mentioned that the negative results, negative trials, were required to be reported to the FDA, but they're not required to be reported. Hmm. That sounds, I think I've heard something to that effect as well. There could be dozens, hundreds, thousands of negative or inconsistent results. Oh, yeah. So, sure. Which is upsetting. So part of the problem is that they don't register their tests until they have a success. Test. Right. So right. The registered tests have the, 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 the estrogen. Yeah. They
Well, and they, you know they're, they're probably the best. I mean, Doctor Steve Novella is you know good at going. That. The other one is um, um, Mark Chrislip from the Quackcast. He's also very good at this. And both of them, have, you know, are medical doctors. They actually do research and, and you know and speak more um, uh, yeah, authoritatively on that research. Which of course, you know, even if I could get those studies, I, I wouldn't be able to do. But I have trust, you know, when that other people to go and read that kind of stuff. I mean, that's one of the problems. That's why we're the amateurs. You know, I mean, we're, we 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 have we have to put a lot of trust in certain experts in certain fields. And right now, we're getting close to stage where uh, drugs given to analysis say, says that, well, people with high cholesterol have more heart attacks, and we know how to um, make that test look like you have lower cholesterol. You know what? Yeah, like I said, there's a lot There's a lot of issues with, with the way that they're doing testing as well, that, that something needs to be done. When tests are done well, and, and you know, and we do good double-blind placebo tests with, you know, good, with a good amount of people so that we get a significant number, it works. But even there, you won't know whether there's getting some, will be able to get designer degree. Yeah, with, with genetic testing is like that. Either. I mean, it look they they keep going back and forth on that. We're certainly not there yet. But uh, if the, the other thing that happens though is that some drugs you can buy on the black market, and people do both Botox on black market. Sure. That's a real scary thing. Take um, yeah, inject <laughs> inject botulism into your face. Select. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, de- it depends on what we're reading that week. Yeah, that, and whatever catches our attention. Yeah, we we podcast every other week, and during that time, we all just kind of scour online. You know, if we see something that interests us, hey, you know, that's a perfect thing to talk about. Or you know, it's an interesting thing, and I think I can take it and go somewhere with it. So we all just contribute um, stories we find during that two week period. We put two- up a document on Google Docs, share it, and everybody adds whatever they want to. And we just sometimes uh, it's good science, sometimes it's bad science, sometimes. Sometimes it's just plain weird stuff. Yeah. We found a prosthetic arm from the 1800s. It looks like the Terminator. Yeah. And, yeah. You know. So, you know, everything is not just debunking. We, we look at stuff that's, you know, good science, <laughs> interesting stuff. It's just, hey, you know, this is something to think about, you know, the way things have been. You know, skepticism is a bit hard to really define. There's debunking in it, but it goes beyond that. It goes at looking at what's to be done right, what's, you know, it, it just is interest. We, we, one of the reasons we chose what we did tonight is because we could actually do actual physical demonstrations well, and there were easy yeah. things to show. And like Initiative 300 is about to be on the ballot. It's a very active thing. And so you know, time-wise, it was a good thing to use. And that, that's also what we look for. It's like stuff that really is relevant to what's going on right now. You know, hey, that's perfect. Let's put that in there. So. You know, if you still want to be able to park downtown for all the saucers, we're going to kill that initiative. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll forget your uh, you'll forget your trip. I mean, there was a science fiction story I remember reading where this guy was part of the bureaucracy um, and had that job of being the person who would meet aliens, and it was basically a empire building scheme within the government, you know, to have okay. A, a, uh, only in, only in the science fiction story, he got he, he got stuck when it really happened. <laughs> <laughs> Subject of alien, it's kind of interesting how satellite information, Earth and like yeah. That. Now Stephen is just that was work. We actually talked about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, we, we did talk about that, and um, I personally disagree with him. 
You know, he's a genius. I'll give you that. But I, I don't necessarily think the aliens will be hostile. You know, but and that's one of the points. You don't have to agree with people like that. We, we've um, d- done a couple podcasts where we've talked about the expert thing. You don't have to really agree with the experts necessarily. They're not going to always be correct. And an expert, we have, we have this fault of saying if you're an expert in one thing, you're an expert. Right. Well, look, if you won a Nobel Prize, you're an expert in everything now. And there's a Nobel <laughs> laureate yeah. who's a big racist. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just, be, just because you're an expert in one little field, yeah. doesn't mean and, and that's why about everything else. There is a uh, there's a logical fallacy called appeal to authority. That's you know it's it's basically talking about this person is an expert, not necessarily an expert in what we're ta- I'm going to talk about, but they say this, so they're <laughs> right. On Jeff, Jeff Peckman's site to promote Initiative 300, he lists Elvis has had more had more UFO contacts than it. Anyone else, no, any celebrity known, uh, I think it was Muhammad Ali believes in extraterrestrials, uh, I, I, but he had a whole list of celebrities and their connection to extraterrestrials, as if that somehow defended the need for the initiative 300. I don't know, I believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> and see, that's legitimate, well, but yeah. I'm not sure about Muhammad Ali. I was just talking about him and hitting Jeff Peckman is claiming that since this thing has gone on the ballot that there's been an uprise in UFO sightings. And so I was reading that. And the, uh, Westward actually got him to go and look at a video. And, but he wouldn't say definitively that it was a UFO or not. But, you know, there's, there's some new Was it UFO identified? Oh, apparently <laughs> not. It was, it was an unidentified object. That's about all. But so, so I mean, the, there's a lot of, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe they are up. Maybe more people all of a sudden, since, you know, since awareness of it, more people in Denver are reporting that they're seeing UFOs. I, I don't know what the statistics are in actual reporting. But, you know, that that's one of the things that they are claiming. One of the things that concerns me about this ballot. Sorry, John. Because, yeah, I totally remember. And they could, when you have UFO, remember that time we didn't know what it was? I saw, and then, well, I saw a UFO, I remember it. And so it wouldn't be so good. Just and like the thing that flies is that it didn't. Right, object. exactly. But at what point, when since everybody, since we have a heightened awareness of UFOs because of this ballot initiative, nothing's are going on. At what point does it become really significant that there actually are more UFOs? I, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to make that line. The rigged ballot. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. There well, I mean, that's all you can conclude. New at that voters point. who are short and gray and have really big. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, okay. Sure. Well, the, and there's an issue with the trial too. Uh, when you're doing that kind of stuff, if you're not, if you're not getting a random sample, yeah, that's yeah, right. that, that's a that's a big problem. More um, low amounts. His hypothesis was that have numbers that weren't in trial. Something odd happened. Brain suddenly they're flooding. They're just driving the road, and right. the headlines well, look like they have these tents. Are psychologically real. Yeah, well, that's actually. A, 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 I it was one of the most insulting things I've seen on TV recently was I think it was Destination Truth. Um, the guy had gone and done some ghost hunting thing, and then went to the guys from Tapped, and one of the guys from Tapped said this line that. Irritated me no end. It, it, just the fact that he, he came out and said it. They were talking about how, is it paranormal? And the guy said, well, if it's unexplained, it must be paranormal. <laughs> and I'm sitting here saying, like, no! If no! It's that just killed It's just yeah. unexplained. <laughs> but, you know, a lot, that, that's the thing. You know, oh, I, I, I saw something. I can't explain it. It must be an alien UFO. Can't, chances are there's a real good explanation if you go and look through it. The, the people, we've talked about them on past, pod, the past podcasts, and me and Brian and Jen met them um, at Skepticamp. Brian and Baxter. 
from the Denver Paranormal, from Mount Rocky Mountain Paranormal? Yeah, I think it's Rocky Mountain Paranormal Research. They are brilliant. They did a presentation at Skeptic Camp that showed how they, you know, they investigate paranormal stuff. But they're serious about it. They don't just write off as paranormal quickly. There are a bunch of steps they go through, and they showed it. And they showed us stuff and said, we don't have an explanation for this yet, but we don't think it's paranormal yet. We're not going to say it's paranormal because we are going to explore it more. Just because we can't explain it, just because we don't know what's causing it, doesn't mean it's paranormal. There's a lot of levels to go before we'll ever declare anything paranormal, and we don't get there. That's what they said. They've, they've never actually gotten there yet because they say, okay, we got to this point. Let's leave it there. We'll think about it. We'll see if we can come up with other possible explanation. But we're not writing it off as paranormal just because we got to a point where we can't figure well, out once, what the possibility is. If you prove something and can analyze it and do it, it's no longer magic. It's no longer supernatural. It's no longer paranormal. It's normal. It's yeah. natural. Exactly. Right. I want to I drop in something here about something called confirmation. Um, you know, we were talking about, he was talking about the taps. One really important thing about the taps crew is that they're on TV and their ratings are based upon people wanting to watch them find paranormal effect and not explain paranormal, but to find actual paranormal. So there's a certain confirmation bias, and it's, you know, in this particular case, the confirmation bias is where is my bread butter? But confirmation bias. We all have it. We yes. all do it. We all look at something and say, okay, well, I think it's this way. And we tend to look at it as if it's that way until we find really compelling evidence that it's not. And we even admit we're biased ourselves. We've Absolutely. done it. We're guilty of it. And that's one reason why you know, we tell you straight out, listen, we want you to listen to us. We want you to, you know, we'll present the facts to you. If you disagree with us, go out. Do the research yourself. If you find something that proves what we've said wrong, that says, hey, look, look, there's information out there that says what you guys were talking about, you're completely off your rockers, send it to us. Tell us about it. We want to know because we, we are, you know, as we said before, one of the main things we're doing here is we're trying to investigate this stuff ourselves. We want to know it all. We don't have all the answers. And even though we're biased, if you, if people can prove that we've made a mistake in what we've said, we want to know about so we can correct ourselves and actually have the better knowledge. Yeah, and absolutely, we want to know that you found out something that we couldn't and you were thinking. Well, and to be fair, I mean, we we are trying to be very aware of our confirmed bias, and particularly where it comes in, try and analyze accordingly. And that's part of what, you know, good research does in the, in, you know, well, in the peer review process and stuff like that, when you're looking at science, is that it does its best to take confirmation bias out of it. You have people viewing them. So when, if we have people fact-checking us and viewing what we're saying, it does the same thing. Yes, you can write to us at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. <laughs> what does that stand for? <laughs> oh, we can say that on our podcast. It stands for yeah, we don't edit. Things Found. <laughs> I don't think it stands for anything else. <laughs> All right, is there anything else? So, yeah. so check out our website. We have all our podcasts up there, and we have all the notes from it, because that's one thing. You listen to podcasts, you can follow along with our notes, go to the links we have, see the articles we're talking about. Um, like I said, we have a Facebook page. Just put Amateur Skeptics in your search engine, and you'll find us. Uh, we got a phone number, actually, right now, if you yeah, want to leave us a voicemail. You know, so, you know, you can find us online. We're trying to get everywhere, trying to, you and know. If we, if we're we on iTunes in the Zoom Marketplace. Really yes. neat stories. Yeah, so if, yeah, if you have stuff, you, cool yeah, we'll, we'll, if, if, you know, if it's interesting to us, we'll put it on webcast. You know, that, that's how my dad here sends us, um, several. Uh, so and I wanted to throw in here if 
If you are interested in doing a podcast yourself about anything, look into it. Uh, it's easy what to do. What we do is we get together, you know, every other week we get together on Skype and we record it on Skype. But we start off, with, we've been doing role-playing games together for like 12 years now. There went our friend. And, <laughs> <laughs> and half the time we, we just sit bullshit about whatever topics, you know, hey, by the way, have you heard of this? Stuff like that. Well, the Brian here got involved in a different podcast. And he came with the idea, hey, wait, I'm doing this one podcast. You know what would be interesting? To take the conversations we have and more or less turn that into a podcast. And that's how this came about. So a lot of what we're doing is the style of conversations we normally have anyway. But a little more research to them. A little, you know, we, we find the articles, we talk about them. But we still try and keep that same chemistry because it's a more, we, we want it more relaxed, we want it more real than some of the stuff that might be out there. You know, this, not, not the stuff we do, do is scripted. None of the stuff is really that planned ahead of time. We say, okay, that's the topic we'll talk about. And we just start talking about it. We, we, tried, we tried pre-discussing topics one day, <laughs> and we used all the good jokes before we started. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, you did go to a state meeting. There yeah, we did Skepticamp. Um, it is a bigger group than Oh, it's huge. It's building skeptics. and building. Um, Skepticamp was a, the, the idea behind Skepticamp is you get people together, kind of like Nile Haikon, but... The people in the audience do the panels. You know, everyone's encouraged to come up with their own presentation. And so you have a lot of people that have so much different knowledge, so much different background, and they all are encouraged to come up and do a presentation on what they know about. And, it, you know, it's a real good community in that regard because everyone's active in it. Everyone's contributing. And it, it was actually well done. We And Colorado was the first one to have one. I think they've done four now in Well, Colorado? it was started by Reed. Yeah. Reed, Reed is actually who started this. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it spread internationally now. I think Canada has had them, right? Yeah, Canada. In fact, Australia? they are having one. There's, I think there's one going on in Canada for 10 to 3. Okay. Now, I see these expensive microphones quick. Um, <laughs> compared to I, I somebody to wants to start a podcast. No, this, this is, is overboard. New. This what? is all you need. Yeah, we do it on Skype. Through, this is the first time we've done a podcast sitting together. Normally yeah. we're all at our individual house doing it on, through Skype. And you know, Brian does the recording. He's our tech guy as well. He, he's the founder. Brian, he, like I said, he's the one that came with the idea. He's our true founder. Of the, this whole concept. And he's also a tech guy. But this expensive so, setup was also, we could sit here and talk to you people and be recorded. Yeah. And have you recorded this? And record. it's worth having because we're talking about trying to go and interview other pe people and stuff like that. So, you know, it was worth getting for that well, kind of stuff. But you don't need it. does it. is I use the stuff for recording when we record the podcast, and it makes me sound better than <laughs> everybody else. There's the rest of But how long does it take to edit it down? You know, I have a script that I kind of run on. I do a noise reduction, um, you know, and then and then I normalize it. Unless we get bad, like yeah. um, he had to spend some time on a recent Halloween special because my equipment was acting up, yeah. so I, it was cutting out, so there was some gaps in it. So <laughs> In that case, you had to go through and edit, but he Couple really... hours. That'll edit, help you with it your We don't do a lot of editing. <laughs> who edit everything. They take out all the ums and everything like that. And I decided early on, number one, I, I don't want to put the time in it. Number two, it's like, th this is what actually happened, and so I'd rather give give that content to the audience as it happened. Yeah, and you edit on your PC with normal... Yeah, I use Audacity. And we don't Audacity. edit our language. We, if we want to cuss our each other out, we cuss each other out. In fact, one of our last ones, we yeah, talked about um, the N-word, the infamous N-word, literally, in the literal sense, in literature and how it's used because there was some stuff going on in Denver about a teacher. Right, the teacher who... Uh, and 
we decided ahead of time, if we're going to talk about it, we're going to use it. We're not going to hide and just, you know, edit ourselves in it because in some ways, you know, it, we felt it was more insulting to hide behind it rather than say, okay, it's used. It's used in the literature. Mark Twain used it. Other writers used it. So if we're going to talk about it, we have to be honest about it. And so, you know, like I said, we don't edit ourselves in that regard because we, we want it more to flow. We want it to be more honest. Uh, just a question out of curiosity. You said you played both plays yes. for, uh, for a long time. Uh, yeah, I know some people classify them. Like, uh, you know, reading, watching, high fantasy, uh, big sprawling, implausible science. Uh, when it comes to the, the kinds of fantasy and science that might be close to the kinds of things you might hear talked about on first AM, supposed effects, it, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, being closer to more skeptics, is there a general, uh, you know, sort of a sense of, God, what's the matter, the time of day? Or, you know, people who classify yourself and you'll find that. Well, there's there's skepticism and there's escapism. Yeah, skepticism. no, I would say that. The, I mean, you look at the mile high skeptic. I mean, it's it's people who like fantasy fiction and actual real science. Yeah, well, look at this group here. You know, you guys at Mile High Con, you obviously like science fiction and such. But it seems like everyone here is pretty much on the same page with their you know skepticism. So you know. And yet, uh, you can probably go and find people here that do believe in the UFO, do believe in the homeopathy. So I don't know how much you can really classify someone because of their role-playing game and stuff and whether or not they're going to be a skeptic. You know, it, it takes all kinds for everything. The mind's got to be exercised, and the imagination is one of the best. There's a short novel called Charles Fort Everman Wombat, which takes place in uh, Melbourne's World Science Fiction Venture, you know, a couple decades, three decades ago or something, where the aliens landed at the science fiction venture and basically disbelieved out of existence. <laughs> 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 All I can hear is, oh, great costume, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Good costume. Yeah. <laughs> you actually have your own special effects with you. That's impressive. Growing something new. Yeah, I was. Uh, I would look through the, the through the dealer room. I was. I was looking for uh, some pseudoscience just to show. <laughs> I was. I. Yeah, I I'm pretty. thinking of as the the end of the movie Galaxy Quest, where the alien pops out of the ship and they kill it with the actual laser gun, and everybody thinks it's a great special effect. <laughs> okay, I'm the reason killed. Um, <laughs> That's true. I think we're not. Um, yeah, like I said earlier, I mentioned earlier, there's no, there's no um, money to be found in skepticism right now. You, know, you have people like Pin and Teller and James Randi who have gone and you know been able to do something, but they've had names beforehand. Yeah. You know, they, they were in a position where they could do that. Most of the skeptics podcasts and stuff are like us. They're not making name of it. The, the, you know, it, it's not commercially viable at this point. But well, um, until we start selling these, <laughs> it's not going to be. <laughs> but. That's not why we do it. We do it because, you know, we, there's a purpose for it. And, you know, we hope to get people thinking. We hope to, you know, help people figure out what they believe in more and really think about what's going on around them. And in general, you know, I, I think that's a good thing. If more people thought about what is happening around, what they're doing, you know, what they can affect, I think you can make some change. So, you know, even though I don't think we're going to change the world, if we get some people to really think more, it's a good thing. And I mean, now we can't change, change the world, but we can change ourselves. <laughs> now we're going to do some non-homeopathic drinking. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thank you.